were shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. So you can look at something and not see it. You know what I'm talking about? It's right in front of you, looking right at it, but you don't see it. You can turn your attention to something without holding the wonder of what you see. Now, I will unashamedly accept and admit before you today that I have dad eyes. For those that laugh, you know what dad eyes are, don't you? You know, Cassie can ask me to get something and like a spice out of the spice cabinet for her and, and I'll look at it. I'll look at it for minutes. All these red lids and a couple black ones, all these labels and trying to find the cinnamon. I can't find it. And sure enough, she'll just come over where I've spent a couple minutes. She'll go right to it. Here, hand it to me with a smile on her face and loving in the love in her heart. Give it to me because I have dad eyes. And she's got mom eyes. Uh, Cassie and I love to go on walks, and we enjoy going on walks together uh, when we can. And we love being with one another. And when we're going on a walk, our, our goal is to be together and to get, honestly, from point A to point B. So while we're on the w- walk, our focus is each other and getting to point B. My nine-year-old son will sometimes come with us on a walk. And Jet, my nine-year-old son, uh, who, who will go on the same walk with us, on the same path that Cassie and I have gone many, many times, she'll go on the, he'll go on the walk with us, and he'll see things that we never could see. He'll behold things, that, uh, or he will take in things, and he will take time to observe things, and he'll just stop us and bring our, our attention to those things. You know, Jet has taught us a lot of, about stopping to observe. He's taught us a lot about... Stopping to gaze and to look at and, and to take in the wonder of something. Uh, just a couple days ago, we're driving and I'm with him and Genesis in the car and he's looking up at the trees and he goes, Dad, does one tree equal one piece of paper? And in that moment, I go, I have no clue. <laughs> I go, Jen, I don't know. And I'll say something like, isn't it amazing how God makes the trees to, and, and how wonderful they are and they supply our oxygen. And isn't it amazing that God gave humanity the ingenuity that we can take a tree and turn it into paper and how many pieces of paper that is? I don't know, but that's a great question for your teacher. You can ask your teacher at school. Uh, by the way, Mrs. Arnold, we believe in you. <laughs> now, in older days, in the older days of English, there was a word that captures what my son does so regularly. And that word is this. Behold. Behold. Not a word we often use today. It's not like you were in that meeting this past week making that presentation and you said, oh, I want you to, to, as you look at this, I want you to look at this slide that depicts all of the market trends and I want you to just take a moment and behold this. You know, as... Husbands, as your wife was getting ready for that dinner party and 
she walks in and you hadn't seen her yet and you go, whoa, 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 let me just behold you. We don't use this. In fact, they would laugh at you like you laughed with me. I'm not going to say you laughed at me. Um, but people would laugh at you if you used that word. Now, the reason I tell you all this is because there's a fear I have. It's a fear I have. It's one thing I fear for me, and it's honestly one thing I fear for you. If we don't stop to behold Jesus Christ, we won't experience the life God has for us. You won't experience the life God has for you. God wants for you if you don't stop and behold Jesus. See, God desires and he longs for you to experience life. This is his desire for all humanity because all humanity is made in his image. And God desires to give life to those who behold his son. This is why Jesus came to this earth. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus came so that you and I and all humanity can behold him. And by beholding him, people can see God, receive Jesus as Savior, follow Jesus as Lord, and experience his life to the full potential. But you must behold Jesus to experience the life of God wants you to have. This is what the first century authors that we have have preserved for this entire time, since that time, what they wrote about. And this is what they described in their Gospels that they write. When Luke, the first century historian, would write his account about Jesus, he would write about Mary beholding the news that she would give birth to a son of the Son of God. And he writes about this moment because he wants you to see something. He wants you to behold something. When an angel appears to this very young girl who, mind you, was likely not even old enough to drive in the state of Kansas. The angel in this moment delivers a message to her. And Luke wants you to see what happens and what was going on in the world. And he would write, and behold... You, this angel coming to Mary, says to Mary, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Since I do not know a man. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One is to be born, will be called the Son of God. When Mary beheld the message she received from the angel about Jesus, when she considered it, when she pondered it, It led her to wonder, how could this be? She beheld the message that the angel gave her. And her life would never be the same again. Matthew, a tax collector, who no first century Jew ever wanted to see 
No first century Jew ever wanted to see. Matthew, this tax collector, would write about a man he wanted everyone to see. He wanted everyone to behold. And Matthew would use the word look in his gospel writing or this word behold, as we would translate it. He would use this word 62 times as a literary tool in his gospel to get his reader to stop and pay attention to what was about ready to happen in his narrative that he was writing about. Matthew describes the coming of our God, the coming of the Messiah to our world this way. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being just a man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold. While he thought about these things, behold. See, Matthew wants you to behold and take careful notice of what Joseph does. He has an opportunity. He has an opportunity, but he hears this news and and Matthew wants you to see what Joseph does with this news. See, while Joseph is beholding what was happening in Mary... And the confusion and the uncertainty of what was going on and the uncertainty of what he should do, wondering about what he should do with Mary. And this is not a good wonder, mind you. This is a wonder that was wonder and full of fear. This was a wonder that was going to lead Joseph to quietly walk away from this relationship, avoiding the pain of the public criticism that he would be with Mary who was with child even though they had never been together. A wonder that honestly for him wasn't too wonderful. But Matthew, the writer, wants you to behold what Joseph does. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit and she will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph would honor Mary as his wife. Joseph would travel with his very pregnant wife or fiance at this time to Bethlehem because of this legal obligation they were under to uphold this census. In Bethlehem, he would be registered with Mary, his fiancée, and he would be registered that she was his wife. And in that moment, it was a pledge to marry her. See, Joseph's commitment to Mary was Joseph's commitment to God. His commitment to Mary and honor Mary was his commitment to God. Behold, Matthew wants you to look. Matthew wants the reader, you and I, to take careful notice, ponder about this, be in awe about this, and wonder what they did. See this. Look at what people did when they beheld Jesus, when they heard about Jesus. Look with wonder at what God did in the moment. And if you will with me, allow me to read 
And as I read the birth of Jesus as Luke describes it, will you take careful attention? And will you behold what happens here? In Luke 2, verse 6, we read about what happens. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Good will toward man. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass, which the Lord had made known to us. And they came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him. Now, when they had looked at him, when they beheld him. They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. You see, when the shepherds beheld the news they heard about Jesus, their lives changed. They left their livelihoods behind and, first, and, and, and they, went, they left them in the field, all their flock in the field. Their future was in the field behind them. And they left that to find the baby who would bring God's peace to all of humanity. The shepherds saw Jesus. They beheld this Savior of the world, the one who would bring peace here so innocent, here so helpless. They looked and they beheld the wonder of what they experienced. And then they left. And they told everyone everything about what they beheld, what they saw. People marveled at what the shepherds beheld. Because when you behold Jesus, you will never be the same again. The shepherds were never the same again. Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph were never the same as they would marvel about all that was happening around the birth of this, their firstborn son. After all... It wasn't that just the shepherds who were coming to visit this newborn child, this new baby that they have even yet to announce. It's not like Mary and Joseph had the time to write out their cards, send them on the post mules or the post donkeys, whatever they used in that day to deliver mail if they had mail. It's not like they had invitations out to announce this. But in this moment, this unannounced birth now was 
receiving unexpected attention. It was drawing this. They must have beheld what was going on and what was happening when the astrologers from the east would would come unannounced because they beheld a star that led them to a manger in Bethlehem. Can you imagine the wonder that Mary and Joseph had as they stopped to consider, to ponder, to be in awe of wonder and behold what was going on in their lives at that moment. Their lives would never be the same again. Mary would ponder these things. Mary, as Jesus would grow, she would ponder and consider all the things that the angel said, all the truth about what was prophesied about the Messiah. And, and, and as Jesus would grow in stature and wisdom, she would grow in confidence that Jesus was truly God's son. When Jesus was nearly 30 years old, they would be invited to a wedding where the host would unfortunately run out of wine. A very embarrassing situation for any first century wedding host. And in this moment, Mary would lean over to the servant of the household and say, do whatever my son tells you. And at this moment in time, all that Mary had been inwardly pondering, all the thoughts that she held about her son Jesus as she would behold the moments, behold the message, behold the truth of who he was, Jesus being the son of God. And all at that time, all of her thoughts about Jesus would become public to others so they could behold Jesus. Jesus would turn to some large stone jars and tell them to fill those jars with water and he would turn those jars of water into wine. Needless to say, the party wasn't the same again. Because when you behold Jesus, you will never be the same. Jesus would then call young men to come and follow him. Jesus would then invite them to say, come and follow me. And he would train them to lead people into the kingdom of God. They did not know what they were getting into. They had no clue what they were about, what journey they were about to behold. And one day, Peter, a disciple of Jesus, was in a boat with Jesus and the other 12 disciples when a terrible storm would come upon the Sea of Galilee. In that day and age, they called it a squall. The storm would quickly abruptly come and it was a dangerous storm. And the disciples were bailing water in the boat and as they're looking for every man on board to grab something to get water out of the boat, they find Jesus asleep in the boat, peacefully asleep. They wake Jesus up and with one word, Jesus, and with his words, he would calm creation. The winds and the waves would obey him. They respond with wonder. They respond because what they saw. And they respond with awe because of what they beheld. And they would reply, Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey? Another time, Jesus invites the three leaders of this twelve, the three closest to him in his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. He invites them up to a mountaintop and... And with this exclusive invitation, 
there we read about this by, from Matthew's account in his gospel. And he writes, Matthew, when he writes about this, he wants the reader to really behold and understand what is going on here. And he wants the reader to behold what is about to happen as two ancient and revered prophets in the Israel time, Moses and Elijah, appear with Jesus on the mountaintop. Peter begins to open his mouth, as he often would. And in this moment, Peter begins to talk about how, man, I can make a shelter for each one of you, Jesus. We'll make one for Elijah. We'll make one for you, Moses. We'll make one for you, Jesus. And, and maybe he was in this, maybe because he's like, hey, man, if I, maybe if I make a, a shelter for them, it'll make a name for myself. I'll be the one that made Moses and Elijah a tent or a shelter. And Peter here begins to open his mouth. And after all, this, we read, while he was still speaking, behold, a light, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard it, when they listened to it, when, when, they, when they heard it, they fell on their knees because they understood it. They fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. They beheld Jesus and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, do not be afraid. And when they lift their, lifted their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Can you imagine with me? I mean, I don't even know if I can imagine what Peter, James, and John saw in that moment. That would make them fear, like tremble in fear and turn in fear. I have no clue what it was, but whatever it was, whatever they saw, whatever they heard, Matthew, who would likely be the only one who could describe it in their, for them in this moment, he would say they beheld his glory. They beheld the glory of the Son of God. And they would never be the same again. John, with poetic words, would write about all the things he beheld as he would see Jesus. In his gospel, he would write about Jesus coming into this world. His story doesn't begin like Matthew and Luke's description of Jesus entering this world. His story begins way before this. He, 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 he begins this story before anything was created. His story begins when he says that Jesus was with God before all things were created. And then John would boldly state that Jesus wasn't just with God. Jesus was God. And all the things about, all the things that were created, he would say were created through Jesus. And he would, they were created for Jesus. And he alone is the reason and the source of of everything that has been created. And then John would write these words. And the word, the reason for everything, Jesus himself, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. The presence of God became personal with the birth of Jesus, the incarnate word. 
Emmanuel, God with us. God now accessible in a way God had never been accessible before. God could, was now here. John could hear his voice. John could feel his touch. And John could see his face. John could behold him. John was announcing in this moment something amazing because until this time, God could not be seen. God was abstract and had no identity to the world of this humanity. But now, Emmanuel, God with us, would be God seen by us. Behold. Mary beheld Jesus. Her life was changed. Joseph beheld Jesus. His life was changed. John beheld Jesus. His life was changed. Peter beheld Jesus. Shortly after following Jesus, Jesus and Peter were in near Peter's fishing boat. Peter had spent all night fishing, all night fishing, catching nothing. And Jesus tells Peter to cast his net on the other side. Peter's like, well, hey, wait, 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 Jesus. You, you, I'm the expert here. This would be like a plumber telling an electrician how to do his job. And exasperated in the moment, Peter complies, throws his net on the other side of the boat and pulls in the largest catch of his life. And then Peter in that moment beholds who was really with him. It wasn't just another teacher. It just wasn't a revered person that, 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 that people around honored and respected. This was the Messiah and more than that. This was God himself, the creator of all things. And at this moment that Peter's with Jesus, in this moment, Peter says to Jesus, get away from me, get away from me because I'm a sinner. And seeing Jesus, beholding his power, beholding his wisdom, beholding his majesty, Peter saw himself. Peter saw how unworthy he was next to the worthiness of Jesus, the one who's worthy of all praise. Peter, James, John, Mary, Joseph, all beheld Jesus. As he would unlawfully be accused and treated like a criminal, he would then be led away to a hill, forced to carry his own cross. All Jesus was doing in this moment was one thing. He wanted to demonstrate to the world God's love. And he was going to demonstrate to the world God's power so the world could behold who he was so they could never be the same again. They would behold Jesus beaten, marred, his body bruised, and they would behold Jesus take his last breath. They would behold soldiers placing Jesus' dead, lifeless body into a tomb. Two other ladies would come that next three days later and they would behold something remarkable. They would behold an empty tomb. They would call and run and get the disciples and Peter would outrun John to get there and Peter would behold something amazing. Three days later, Peter beheld 
an empty tomb and a resurrected Jesus. Peter beheld Jesus and his life was changed forever. Listen to what he writes. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables. He's like, this is not a made-up fairy tale. This is not what people make up just to get attention and likes on Facebook. This is not this at all. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's writing about Christmas. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We, he says, we beheld his majesty. We saw his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Peter writes this because he wanted all those who read this to know. We saw his majesty. We saw his glory. We behold, held his power we were never the same again. And we will never be the same again. This is Peter's story. This is Mary and Joseph's story. This is John's story. This is the story of every author who, who is in our New Testament today. And I want to ask you today, will this be your story? Will this be your story? What will you do this Christmas? Will you behold him. What will your story be this Christmas? And may I encourage you to do two things. First, will you stop? Just stop. Stop worrying about the gift that you forgot to buy. Stop. Stop trying to get from point A and point B when you're we're just in a hurry to get from point A to point B. Will you just stop? And will you behold the wonder of God? For a moment, will you stop worrying about the season and all the happenings of Christmas and just behold the reason we have Christmas? Stop. Worrying about the problems of life. Trying to bail water out of your boat in the middle of your storm in life. And will you just for a moment behold him? Stop trying to make a name for yourself. Stop pursuing um, the, the plans that you have. And just for a moment will you stop? Stop living the life maybe you're trying to live your way. And just stop. And so for a moment will you stop? And then stop and behold Jesus. Will you gaze upon him? Will you turn will you turn your attention from all of those other things, those other distractions that are going to keep you from turning your attention toward him? Behold him. Behold his wonderful counsel. Behold his unlimited, unmatched power and might. Behold his faithful, enduring love, his compassion and his grace toward you. Behold his peace. Behold him. Gaze upon his majesty. Be mesmerized with the truth of who he is and the truth of what he taught. Find wonder in his grace. 
Will you stop? And will you behold? Because those who behold Jesus will never be the same again. Mary was never the same again. Joseph was never the same again. John was never the same again. Peter was never the same again. Casey, me, I'll never be the same again. Will this be your story? When you behold Jesus, you will never be the same again. So stop. Behold the majesty, the power, the love, the wonder, the grace, the truth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Because God never wants you to be the same again. Will you behold Jesus?